Welcome to Geek Out Weekly, the podcast where we geek out moderately. Uh, maybe we should change the name. Call us Gem. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Adil. This week I'm joined by Ben. Hello. Uh, and we are talking about the New Mutants. The mm. uh, much delayed 2020 film. Um, yeah. So uh, I thought I would start out just if you... If, for those of you who don't know, this was a very maligned, arduous production. Um, the idea was do, uh, the director, uh, basically came up to Fox and said, why don't we do a John Hughes meet horror X-Men movie? Uh, and then, uh, they were like, sure. And then they didn't like the script. I mean, there's a bunch of articles you can read on, on the internet, and maybe we'll put one in the description or something. But mm-hmm. basically, there was a lot of fighting because Fox didn't really have faith in the script because it just seemed weak in a lot of ways. And all of their notes were from various people, including a lot of other writers who've done things like worked on Logan and some of the other successful but not standard X-Men movies, and including the guy who ran Dark Phoenix. So take that with the grain of salt it probably needed. Um, basically pushed back a lot uh and made it eventually said let's just do all horror cut the john hughes stuff mm-hmm. um though you can see remnants of it which we'll touch on in a bit yep. and uh all the rewrites were basically responded to with re-rewrites by the uh the production the original um team and it the studio didn't have much faith in it uh and it so it was teased in 2018 2017, and it was supposed to come out in 2018, uh, uh, and because of the Disney-Fox merger, uh, everything sort of went on hold, and by the time people started paying attention to it again, uh, the thing that we all, uh, Hollywood now does standardly, especially for these bigger films, even though this is the smallest X-Men film, uh, is reshoots couldn't happen, everyone, because they hired young actors, mm-hmm. they all aged out of being able to reshoot. So no reshoots were made. It was pushed back, pushed back. And then oddly, Disney decided to put it as a theatrical release in the U.S. in the between times of waves of the pandemic versus everything else they've done has been like they pushed, they put Milan, for example, straight to Disney Plus. Yes. Um, one of the problems Disney had was a horror X-Men film doesn't really fit with the Disney aesthetic. Nor does it really fit with Hulu, their other streaming platform. And so I think it was a, well, it's an X-Men movie. It might get seats. Let's just try theatrical for this and then walk away, kind of. Uh, so it, it, and you can kind of see that in, in some of the editing and writing and direction that this is a, there, there's some tensions in the scripts, uh, that aren't, you know, theatrical tensions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it's important to touch on that and, and why, like, for example, you know, well-known stars like Maisie Williams looks so young because mm. it was four years ago when she, or three years ago when she actually recorded it. Uh, cool. Um, so I, th- as always, let's start with initial thoughts. Ben. Um, I really like the idea. I, I, I love the idea that there's this horror X-Men movie with a young cast kind of, discovering or getting to know their powers. I, I, I really like that idea. Do not like this film. <laughs> brilliant concept. Absolutely brilliant concept. 
good cast as well. You know, some some reasonable people in this that are maybe better in the more modern things in the last couple of years that they've been in. Uh, but I just I could not I couldn't find much in this that I was uh, happy about. Uh, and I'm a big X-Men fan. I love X-Men. It's it's much more my uh, Marvel um uh, go-to franchise than any of the other ones. Um so I mean I don't think I was disappointed by this because I didn't have much kind of riding on it anyway. I wasn't that invested knowing the issues that it had kind of gone through, but was still a little bit hopeful, thinking, yep, sounds like it's going to be reasonable enough. I love the concept, but they just didn't execute it well enough for me to find any joy, Taylor joy in it. Yeah, I mean, so... so if you haven't seen it, and you might not want to after our discussion, um, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is basically a bottle episode uh, in in the sense that it all takes place in... Uh, so actually, it starts with our, our lead character, Danny Moonstar. Something's attacking her home. She's running away. Her father uh, says, we got to go. Uh, and, um, you know, explosions, storm... Things are happening. She runs through the woods. Her dad says, hide near this tree. Then uh, he says, I've got to go back and save them. And then she uh, basically runs away from this growling beast, falls down a hill, hits her head, and the snow is falling. And then we cut to her waking up in a hospital, which is, mm-hmm. uh, well, an institute, we'll say. Institution is probably a better word. You know, magnetic locks activated by voice command by the one staff member, uh, Dr. Ray's. Reyes. Mm-hmm. And we see that basically, again, the whole thing takes place in this hospital where she and four other young mutants, uh, are, are held be- uh, ostensibly to, for their own protection while they get a handle of their powers. Um, and we don't know what her power is. Uh, we meet, um, Rain, Ileana, Sam, and Roberto. And mm-hmm. them with the doctor are basically the only real characters in the film. But strange things start happening, which are basically as we learn about the the other characters and their tortured pasts. Their tortured pasts are coming to life in the mm-hmm. hospital, uh, and that's basically grappling with that is the entire point of the film. Uh, it's 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 all their worst fears come to life and them trying to survive and bond together through some sort of Stockholm survivors guilty type thing. Um, so, I mean, the actual beats of the plot don't matter as much as the development of the characters. So mm-hmm. we're going to go through, um, the characters, uh, and then talk about the various beats of the film as, uh, as it goes. So we're not going to do a traditional plot synopsis. It's, I would say it's very rote. Lo and behold, things in the Institute are not what they seem. The kids at first are pretty adversarial and they all become friends. Happy-ish ending. Uh, but yeah, let's, um, did you, did you have any characters, so given that you didn't find much about this, was there any one character that you sort of felt like close to? Oh, no, no, not really. I mean, I, I, I like, um, I like magic. I think that's a great character in the comics and how she grows in relationship with uh, her brother Colossus. 
Um, but I, even that, even I just, I don't know, just something didn't quite click with that character for me. And I just felt that the others were, apart from maybe their, you know, their individual scenes where they had the kind of the nightmare come to life, um, you know, with like sunspot in the, um, in the swimming pool, that sort yeah. of kind of scene, um, and, and Ileana, uh, and, um, and actually with, uh, Cannonball as well, where they're kind of running from the, the, the no face men. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things where I'm like, okay, th- this is done all right, but none of the characters that I ever f- like sort of connect with really. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that's basically the biggest failing is you did. There's not enough character development to feel like it matters what's going on. Mm. And then the relationships between them by the end don't feel earned. Yes. Because the one thing they do establish before Danny gets there is that these people don't really get along. They're all kind of just there together. Uh, mm. You know, Rain seems like a loner. The boys don't really talk much. Uh, Ileana or Magic... Um, is just standoffish with everyone, and then suddenly yeah. not. Um, but yeah, let's start with magic then. So Ileana Rasputin uh, is Colossus's sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colossus, but uh, we saw in young form in X-Men 2? Or is that yes. the last stand? The one where the Sentinels attack uh, Xavier's mansion. I think it's... Pass. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. how how long have those films? Yeah. Been? Anyway, um, and, and of course he 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 was the sort of comic relief X Men cameo in the Deadpool movies, which yeah. maybe more more you, you viewers would be familiar with. Um, so she's got teleportation discs as her power, though here it's more like portal mm-hmm. slash Kitty Pride jumping phasing. It seems the teleportation <laughs> was sort of weird because sometimes it was. She just disappears. Sometimes mm. it's she's going to somewhere else, and then through that somewhere else coming or showing up, which again really felt like they didn't have a handle on how to do her power, or, yep. or they the writers are just like, yeah, and then she teleports. So, so for example, in a couple of scenes, she just disappears on someone, like when she gets Ray, uh, Danny to run into the magic portal wall that Doctor Reyes has to keep them all hostage. Um, Danny runs at her and she just disappears. She doesn't open mm-hmm. a portal, go through this sorcerer's realm, uh, and then appear somewhere else. She just up and vanishes. Yeah. Nightcrawler. So who I'm thinking. Yeah. She like, it feels like a nightcrawler bamf without the bamf, right? And she does that a couple more times to people, but then in fight scenes and stuff, you see she's clearly moving to there and then back to the regular world. And that's how she's yep. like moving around. And it, it, it really, by that time, I had checked out, but I w- that was the thing. It's just like, could you not have at least like made the power kind of somewhat consistent? Well, um, and it's it, 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 again in that sort of consistency sort of thing. There's that scene where she takes she she grabs Danny when they're kind of fighting in the corridor and starts to push her into limbo. Yeah, but at no other point when she, you know when that that scene when Danny's running at her and she just disappears. Can you only access the portal from one side? And it was the side that Ileana was stood on, and then Danny wouldn't go through it. Like, or does she need to be touching people to go through? Like, there, there is yeah. just, there, yeah, yeah. Consistency is just a big issue, I think, throughout this whole film. 
Yeah, I mean, so, like, um, <laughs> so, since we're starting with magic, I also have to say, these are talented actors. Mm. It's, the New Mutants are supposed to be from all kinds of backgrounds, but boy, are they not really. Uh, the accents are all atrocious. Oh, They're yes. all atrocious, and also, we'll get into it when we're talking about Sunspot, but some of them are just missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, so we've got Danny, she sounds like an American. She's, uh, of Native American descent. Uh, but, you know, her accent is like somewhere in Midwest, North-ish yeah. states. Cool. Fine. That works. We've got Ileana with, okay, Anna Taylor-Joy is a phenomenal actress. I've liked her in a lot of her films. I haven't seen the, mm-hmm. the chess one lately, but she's been getting critically lauded. The accent is laughable. I laughed it's, it's, immediately it's when I heard yeah. it, and then it never got better. I was like, what is going on? She's so good. Why? Just don't. I know it's Ileana Rasputin, and she grew up somewhere else, but, like, if you can't do it, don't. Yep. Ah. Uh, yeah, and so that also brings on, like, the, the like pseudo-edginess that seems to have been at the heart of the script that got taylor down taylor joy down um is all kind of only there with her character in the in the first few scenes right we have her like making really racist comments which feel really out of place in this film and they're not punished or acknowledged Mm. they're just throwaway which makes it worse right she does yes Standing Rock, Pocahontas, these types of things, and it's like, and that, the, yeah, she says, yeah, I've heard all these things since grade school, as if that excuses the scriptwriter for writing this terrible thing, because it's not like mm. it's she's not consistently this mean person who's just trying to dig at people in the easiest way possible. She's not really doing that to anyone else. She's only kind of aggressive towards Danny, so it really feels like we're going to make racism for Edge's sake. Yeah. And did not fly. Ugh. Really was disappointed in that. Um, and then she, uh, she's like, you're my cover. Like, she's, so right away, so she's made fun of this lady, told to show her around the grounds, doesn't know her from Adam, right? Just says, okay, now here's the outside. Now I'm gonna go on the statue and you're my cover. I'm going to take this secret can, <laughs> can of spray paint from in this disused fountain so that I can start and then stop after like three lines of spray paint. <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, they've got cameras on you all the time. That's the big thing. And even in the places they think they're not being watched, they're being watched. But it's like, yep. at no point did you think maybe someone would have picked up the spray paint or like, what? what's the point? Why didn't you finish your graffiti if that's the thing? Also, did you like steal this spray paint from somewhere else on the compound? Mm-hmm. run up to the fountain and then just drop it there for some other time. It just, again, consistency. It's like, this scene makes no sense except, oh, she's a badass. She's <laughs> a badass and we need to be outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, so yeah, so her arc is, she's mean, she's prickly, which is in the comics, though I don't think she was so outwardly racist. But again, mm-hmm. she soon just turns out to be like, kind of mean girl by like, end of act one. Like, so they're like, we're going to our secret place. She's like, she can't come. They're like, yeah, just come. Okay. It's like, no, if she was the mean one, she'd be like, <laughs> no, she doesn't get to come. Or you have to earn it. And even yeah. they do their, like, 
lie detector scene. And they all, we learn a little bit about some of them. Uh, and it's just so tame. Mm. Like she, like, I mean, like she's supposed to be this, I hate you all. I have no respect for you. Even her file, when we find out about it later, is like she's perfect to be a killer. She's a misanthrope, blah, blah, blah. It's like by that time, she's clearly not a misanthrope. And none of the things she's gone through suggests any character growth to that, that she would change that much. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, so her powers are the coolest in the effects department, I think. Yeah. And I think that's probably one of the stronger points of the whole film is that the effects are pretty good generally for a lot of stuff. You know, that's kind of where the money has been spent, spent small cast, single location, um, sort of single location, but, um, all of the money basically just went into making it look pretty. Yeah. And making a, a giant bear look pretty menacing. Um, and yeah, and Eliana's kind of, uh, effects, uh, as she moves through things. Then her arm forming into metal and her, her bringing up the sword as well it does look cool when that kind of happens. Um, I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I, I think not just for Iliana, but for the whole, whole movie. Um, the, the effects are kind of the standout good part of this. Um, uh, there's, there's, that's, there's a scene, um, right towards, again, towards the end where they're about to sort of do battle with this. Are they just about to battle the bear? Um, and, there's a, there's a, like a throwaway line that one of the characters makes, which is like, you can't do it. It's magic. And she turns, and I, I knew instantly what she was going to say. And she just turns to the camera and says, so am I. And I'm like, oh, this is the most cringy line I think I've ever heard in a film. Like, okay, some people might not know that she's, that she's magic. That's her X-Men sort of name. Yeah. Um, but it just wasn't why she could have just sort of like smiled and walked through the port rather than having to explicitly state it for, you know, the few people watching it that are X-Men fans who already know that she is. Well, yeah. But also it's strange because one of the things they did was they changed her background. Like, so it turns out that's the sort that they make this her happy place, but it's actually in, in Ileana's background, she's, uh, she has these teleportation discs and she's coaxed into the sorcerer's realm yes. by a demon. Mm-hmm. And there she ostensibly stuck for 10 years and that's where she develops her magic powers and etc. That's why she's called magic because she spent 10 years in the sorcerer's realm learning magic and getting magic because her, her mutant power is just the teleportation stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she comes back and it turns out she's aged 10 years and the world has aged zero. That's part of her, her shtick. And so I'm fine with like getting rid of that part, but it's very weird to, um, like not give the magic backstory, but then have a throwaway line to it. Yeah. I mean, it screams rewrites or just poor, like, Easter egg type writing of like, it'll be cool if they did this and then not yeah. enough like editing foresight to be like, no. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, uh, we'll, maybe we'll talk more about her when we get to Roberto. In fact, let's talk about mm-hmm. him now. Um, so yeah, okay. we can talk about their relationship because they're, that's that their relationship is sort of the one of the things that come out of the trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, uh, so 
Do you know much about Sunspot? Uh, no, not a huge amount. Not the, uh, as a character. Yeah, yeah. He's, um, so he's supposed to be Afro-Brazilian. Mm-hmm. He's dark-skinned in the comics. Uh, and it's a big part of his identity is that, like, when his powers came up, he got hit by racism, which was important in the comics because he looked dark and was dealing with racism, even though it was the standard X-Men othering way they dealt mm-hmm. with those societal things. Uh, to cast a white, fair-skinned uh, Brazilian in the role is, is very bad. And the actual creator went up, like, posted on Twitter about how this was very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, he has trauma uh in his backstory and so he's from brazil so if anyone like he should have an accent but he's just Mm -hmm. rich so he sounds american yes uh and he so yeah his backstory like all we get from him is he's a rich guy whose parents didn't like the other power so they sent him to this institute rather than being abducted Mm. like some of the others uh and then we find out that his so he's sunspot so he gets power from the sun um Kind of like a nice Superman riff. Uh, in fact, later in, in, in his life as a hero, he, his sun powers let him fly. Uh, but usually it's just like dexterity, strength, vitality bonuses. And then if he's not, he's not charged up, it goes bad. Uh, so, but he, he doesn't have fire powers. So like, I'm fine with changing powers, like, like magic's just magic, that's her mutant power, I guess, also. Um, cool, yeah, you can only say so much, but it's very odd to have him burn a fictional girlfriend up. Uh, cause, like, you've taken away his background, you've taken away, like, you've taken away his, like, physical background, you've taken away his backstory, and then you gave him someone else's power, like, he's not magma. <laughs> Uh, and, and you've given nothing in exchange. I think that's the big thing. With yes, Ileana, yeah. at least, you, you see that she, like, was abducted by these weird smiling men, whatever that is, and clearly went through trauma, and we don't know what. And she said she killed a bunch of people on, and on her way out of the trauma, presumably. And that's, mm-hmm. like, something. And we get to see the smiling man, uh, we don't, which is like a slender man slash the silence type thing. Um, yeah. we don't know how much of that is, the actual like the, was there a thing that looked like that a bunch of things that looked like that or is this her childhood version of that there's an interest mm. there is an interesting tension that's not really developed at all because it's just like okay now there's like 17 of these things and she's deathly afraid of them but then when her friend then she runs away and then she just comes back and kills them all no big um with Roberto he's afraid of intimacy because he killed his girlfriend when they were getting hot and heavy that's interesting uh-huh. yep and then it's nothing. So it's like, you've yeah. changed his backstory to this. It has a nugget of interest, and then you do nothing with it. Except now that, like, Ileana flirted with him for, what, the first time, apparently? Because uh, it seems really taken aback when she kisses his cheek in the truth scene. And then suddenly she's, like, singing in the pool. And, then, like, it's a very, like, you want to come skinny dip with me, but it's PG-13, so we're wearing our underwear. And mm-hmm. then she's like teasing him and that feels kind of okay. Like, is she just teasing him? But she seems interested. And then she runs away and then he, his zombie girlfriend comes out of, uh, psychic manifestation. And that's the last time he ever has a moment. 
Yeah, well, again, it's kind of, I think it's that, that, the idea that the fear is kind of preying on, because it's not Ileana in the pool with him. It is, it is just the, the nightmare doing that yeah. as well. Um, drawing him in and then being able to kind of scare him. And, and I think, you know, that, that's one of the better scenes for me, because it shows that whatever it is that it is kind of hunting them, you know, this, this, this kind of like this fear concept and the, the, the nightmare and the, the way that, um, Danny, doesn't understand and is able to kind of control her powers that um that it, it actually shows a little bit of kind of growth for the character very slightly it's like draw draw you in with this it shows something that's a little bit more complex than just here's you being scared of something it shows something that maybe is actually delving into their minds a little bit more to understand how it can then affect them so it gives him this connection with the character which isn't established very well as you say um it's kind of like one scene which sort of goes oh maybe maybe this character is interested in me and then suddenly it's there and you have the pool scene but it, it's interesting in showing how this kind of this fear aspect sort of works a little bit and i thought for at least on his part on the actor's part it was quite well acted you know he seemed quite innocent in one sense and then just shit scared um, and then super angry. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of, it flies through a few different sort of, uh, emotions and things, but, you know, it's maybe one of the better scenes for that character or for that actor as well yeah. to have, to have done. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the highlight for him, really. Yeah. I mean, it's only a real scene. He has a character that's not just cocky Chad-like guy. Yeah. Otherwise he's just washing up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Odd. Uh, and then the yeah. other thing, yeah, I will say is because of the lack of like because the only real interactions between him and Liliana are like that kiss on the cheek and then the pool scene where she runs away. He doesn't even get they don't even address where'd you go? What, mm. Like I was suddenly alone with a fear monster. Nothing like that. Nothing like to it was just like she was in a room, says Dr. Ray's, who knows that the woman has teleportation powers. Um and, and, and then it was, th- and the next thing you see is, oh, she's being badass. He's like, ah, oh, I'm going to marry that woman. Yep. And you're like, this is so unearned. Why are they, why is he suddenly like head over heels? Like, she, you knew she had a power? Like, you're just in love with the power? Is that what you're saying? Because she's, hasn't like, changed except you're all fighting things and she's good at fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Like the only real, like, change from, Oh, yeah, so the thing I w- want to address, maybe I should have done earlier, is like nothing apparently happened until Danny got there. This is so – I was going to do this on the writing section, but I think it fits now. It's hmm. clearly poorly written because everyone is cardboard and like in a holding pattern until Danny shows up, yes. i.e. the film shows up. And then all the interesting relationships start developing. But it's like these four other kids have been there for a while and there's you get no sense that they have developed any relationship. In fact, you feel like – at first I thought this was interesting because it's like, oh, wow, they, they're all there but they want nothing to do with each other. That's an interesting way to set it up because mm-hmm. these we don't know how long these others have been there but it's apparently you know at least months, right? Yeah. Um, and they haven't – like they barely know each other. They're asking questions about their past that are very big and like the big questions. They've clearly done the truth game before, but never asked these questions. And then as soon as this, so the, the, the movie timeline starts, it's like, oh, now we're all going to develop these things. So it's like, well, no, some of these relationships would have been somewhere other than vacant. Like this is dumb. And that's why it feels so unearned to have 
Like, if they had a rapport, that even if they were trying to hide it, in the first couple scenes, you'd be like, oh, okay, so there's something going on between these two, and the, mm-hmm. the stress uh, and the heightened weirdness that's going on, or even just in the beginning, like, a new body coming in has checked yep. things up. Suddenly, there's some tension. Right? But no, it's just like Absolutely. nothing, so it feels so unearned. Um, yes. Yeah, so that's... Roberto, I mean, yeah, I think the biggest things are the off-the-screen stuff when you find out more about Sunspot. It's, it's, it's a shame. And then, like I said, the trade-off was for nothing, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I liked, I mean, I will say, I like the idea that he's the Chad character, but he's mo- he's way more afraid than almost anyone else. Mm. Uh, he's cocky because he's afraid. Again, a, a hint to some interesting development that never quite gets its payoff, right? Like, until... Like, in the big fight scene in the church, Rain's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm hiding. You don't mean to hide. And I kept hiding, even though everyone else, everyone else has stepped up. And, and then she goes, like, nut up or whatever she says. And then he does kind of. And he, like, uses his powers and fights the bear a bit and then gets, yeah, gets stamped on. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, right? But it, again, it, it, it's like, there wasn't an arc there. It was just the event. Like, yeah, you're either going to die under the bench or not. Okay. I'll, I'll guess I'll stand up. And then mm-hmm. at the end, they're all like, yeah, we're buds now. It's like, why are you buds? Um, similarly, I'll have to say that at some point in the movie, Sam and Roberto just become pals. Yes. Yeah, they do. Mm. And it's after Roberto, I think they've both had a nightmare thing, right? Sam, uh, yeah, they both had a nightmare thing. And suddenly they're just like chatting like they're pals. It's like, well, you weren't before and you haven't shared this any scenes together of like shared trauma mm. or experience or anything. And suddenly you're just shooting the shit. Like, ah, oh, yeah, you were again. It's like, is, is this the breakfast club type thing you were going for? Because in the breakfast club, they earn it. That's it. I mean, breakfast club is, is, I mean, something we should talk about perhaps at some point, but breakfast club is an excellent film yeah. about very, very good character development and relationships um, and I can absolutely see why this film felt that it wanted to kind of go in that way, but it just doesn't do it at all, does it? And maybe why a lot of that kind of stuff was cut. And you can, you can see maybe the, the lie detector scene kind of alludes to that sort of thing. You know, yeah. this is, this is the scene where they're trying to say a little bit, give oh, their backstory a bit, it's, relate it's, slightly to It's the to why, each why other. are you here? Yes. Part yeah, of the yeah, back yeah, yeah. It's totally a ripoff of the breakfast club, but it's just done way worse yeah. yeah so so going to sam i thought he was probably the most interesting character um with what okay. was on the page not what was right. actually done like there was detail yes like he so he's uh cannonball uh and he um Comes from a mining town, had to, you know, hit a certain age, go work in the mines with your dad, uh, wigged out, blasted off in the can, in the mine, killed his dad and his entire crew, basically. Mm-hmm. Super guilty, like just racked with guilt. Yeah. They actually do introduce that earlier on, right? Because, so when he's trying to like make control his powers, he's like tethered to the ground mm. and zooming around and then he like keeps bailing and like, hitting concrete and that's why he's always bruised and has a broken arm and stuff and you're like 
Then you realize this is a really weird way to train him, given that there is a bubble, uh, because he's tethered, so he's going to bottom out more easily yep. than if he had more of the sky. This is just mean. And then, but Rain does say, I think he might just do it like on purpose to hurt himself. And you mm. see how much guilt later on he has about killing his dad. Yes. Um, that worked. Some foreshadowing. Uh, and also details, right? Like his, so I think the big problem, so like his, his and Ileana's memories, well, actually it's just everyone but Roberto's really, but like his memory was st- really well done, right? He's like mm. suddenly drawn into this, the, the, the mine is there and there's all these people. And he's no, you can see in his face, the actor does a really good job of like, I know where this is, but I'm confused and I have to go forward mm-hmm. even though I don't want to. And then he sees his dad was sort of bloody, uh, and you know, what the hell just happened? Um, and yeah, I thought that was really well done, but again, he doesn't face his fear at the end, I guess is the big yeah. problem. He just mm-hmm. becomes happier. His guilt is not, like, there's nothing that changes with respect to his guilt except he hit a bear a couple times with his power. Like, that's it. Yeah. Uh, so it's very strange. So he's, like, had the best starting of an arc, I guess. Mm. And because none of them had an ending of an arc. I think, yeah. except maybe Danny. I think that's maybe why I'm like, ah, decent character. Yep. Um, no, I, I think you're right. Um, in that I can see why he would have some kind of um, some kind of payoff at the end from getting over the idea that his power is just destructive when he's been able to use it to sort of fight off this bear. But that doesn't kind of make up and, and, and no one would think, oh, I've now been able to do this for good. And that's just wipe the slate completely clean. I don't think about my dad at all anymore or any of the other lives that I took when my powers didn't work very well. Um, and there's there's sort of no... It doesn't allude back to that at all. Um, as you say, the, the art kind of doesn't close other than, yeah, I used my power and I did it quite well. well so I mean, cool. Except I think part of that is like they make it such an Ileana fight. Yes, they she, do. Yeah. She's like, he, he's like, he's like, nah, I gotta, I gotta go back for her. And then he like vibrates and powers into it. And then we see a couple more times where he, it's mostly like barely on screen him hitting the bear, but probably for mm. effects reasons. Cause he's supposed to be a fast cannonball. How do we do that or whatever? But like, it yep. just turns into, I guess he slowed the bear down a little bit. Mm. And then he gets, then suddenly he flies into the church and he's like half unconscious. He's like, I'm like, okay. So that didn't work. Sunspot has way more fight in him. Yeah. Even though he's the one doing it out of fear and. Like, I don't know, it just, again, it was just like, okay, you're, you're doing your thing because it's the time for the movie for everyone to take their turns doing their thing. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's Sam. Interestingly, no other real relationships to speak of. Barely has any interaction with any other character except mm. the couple times where he chills with his homie who's suddenly his homie. Um, where are we for time? Oh, good. Uh, so, uh, We've got three characters left. Do you want to talk about Rain, Danny, yeah. or Dr. Ray's first? Go, we'll, go, we'll go with Rain, I think. Yeah, I think so. I was thinking uh, Rain, Dr. Ray's, Danny, just because Danny's like the linchpin. We might as well sure. yeah, get, yeah. You know, probably get a lot of our other thoughts about the film out of it. Cool. Yes. Uh, Rain. 
Irish. <sighs> yeah. A, a, a very odd, uh, you know, element. Other than to maybe suggest, like, for the whole, you know, Catholic backstory type thing that she was, I mean, know, the- branded or mistreated and, and kind of cast out for being a mutant, essentially. That's, that's. Well, you know, a witch. Rather, yes. Uh, um, but not for being, um, gay. Well, she didn't know like, she, 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 at that she, point. she struggles, but she struggles through this film with the idea that she's sort of sinned and that there's some kind of issue with her being, but not that she's gay. Yeah. Which is again, within Catholicism, a bit of an issue. Yeah. I thought for sure in the, yeah. So this is the, so this isn't in the comics. Right. Uh, Yeah. They weren't uh, together in the comics. They were. Yeah. So they did bond right away. They were really good friends. Uh, they dated various male members of the cast, the cast, the team throughout the comic. Um, I mm-hmm. thought that was an interesting move. Absolutely. Also, very, very much like this isn't an '80s film, like it's an '80s comic. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it 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 feels so much like tokenism. Yes, absolutely. Like if this is a woke thing we can add because there's no like perspective of young people. Being, uh, homosexual or bisexual, um, in this film. It's just like, and also like, so, so, so the, I like got a hint of it right away when it's like, trust me, like the clock tower scene. I'm like, oh, don't make yes. them, don't yep. make them together. Cause there's just like an earnestness that seems more than just, Hey, you shouldn't do this, which sucks. Cause that scene, why it should be, it's you're not alone. You have a friend here, not mm. someone you might want to fuck. Like that. Yeah, so in retrospect, that scene, which was pretty well done is kind of shit when you're like, Oh, is this hormones talking? Like, I don't know. It just, it feels like the way that they're friends, they get close and then they realize it's more than that versus what they didn't do enough of that development. Mm. And then there's suddenly it's like, here, let me show you a thing. Again, it because it feels like Rain is just a loner there. Um, and then they bond over something, and then they realize something else is there. It would have been more dynamic, but so so she's clearly Catholic. She goes to church. She confesses to no one in the empty church. Mm. Um, we find out in her backstory that she told she like started to turn into well, started to manifest her power and showed her priest and he called her a witch and then we find out he brands her with a branding iron w um which is on her neck and it's like whoa or her back rather back shoulder and it's on her back yes yeah, yeah we see that in the shower scene um which thankfully was not done titillating at least it's not lesbian male yep. gaze like Absolutely. that was nice it yep. was very kind of wholesome but also kind of too again if they were interested in each other you can do not titillating, but interested, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, it made the the love bit seem even more unearned and token because there's a scene where they're in the shower together and they're talking. And before we get to what's with the tattoo or what's with the brand, that's pretty badass, which, again, is just really dumb to say when you know someone's had trauma. But, you know, some hint of we're in the shower together, 
mm-hmm. more than pals mm-hmm. kind of thing. Some, and, but again, not even not even that. Two two younger characters Strictures. who maybe haven't experienced something like this or a relationship like this before. There's like no awkwardness between them. Just get naked, have a shower. Yeah. It's not that kind of like there is a little bit of tension between them. The idea of sort of seeing each other uh, naked, but there's none of that. There's yeah. no kind of idea around it. It's just like, oh, cool. Yeah, let's just... Yeah. We're best Fine. buds already, even though it's been yep. a day. Yep. Uh, and then they, they, they go to the cemetery, they see the rain hitting the top of the barrier, which is cool. Um, and they share a bit. Uh, and then it's like, it is now time, script says, time to kiss. And then they yeah. lean over, and then rain, this is the moment where I was like, fuck you, film, because rain's like, seems apprehensive, and you're like, Ah, of course, Catholic girl with other girl, weird feelings, hormones, they are teens. This is all appropriate. And then it's like, I've never done this before. And she goes, what, you mean with a girl? And Danny's so suddenly cocksure yes, in the way she's yeah. been like acting and been directed. And it's like, so she's clearly been with other girls and you just not like that's I don't mind that as like she's grown up in the 2000s and Maybe on the reservation mm-hmm. that was cool, and so she's very sure. But the idea that then it's like, no, not with anyone, and then just start kissing, and they're fine, and you're like, no? Like, not only is the Catholic <laughs> guilt thing going on, but also, I've not been with anyone, and now we're just kissing, and it's just, and also, even if you were sure, if you grew up, Bisexual or lesbian. I'm just saying that because we don't have a backstory. I'm not trying to say uh-huh. she must be attracted to men. Just to be clear. Um, but like, you would know that someone new to all of this, especially super religious, might need some figurative and literal hand holding. Um, mm-hmm. before you just start kissing in a cemetery. It's just, it feels so like, again, if, if you are this confident person, you could possibly not know how she is feeling. That's like, that's why it feels like tokenism because it's not written from like anything looking, feeling or looking like the perspective of these young women. Yep. It's just like, yeah, okay, then, then they're cool because it's, we're woke and they, we don't want to give tension. I don't know. It's just. And we have to move this movie along at breakneck speed to yeah. the next thing because we've only got <laughs> an hour and a half to try and ram all of this into. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I found that was probably the most disheartening thing about it was it, at first, I was like, "Oh, come on!" Well, at first, I was like, "Really?" Because maybe I won't do that. And then they did, it and I'm like, "Well, like that's neat." And then I like, did I did a poke, and I was like, "Oh, cool! It's something they added." And then any sort of reflection is like, they didn't end it well, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I think as well, just to just to mention it uh, with Rain, she kind of. Um, in terms of her powers, she's either a human or a wolf. Yes. Or right. half. And actually, she's meant to be a were- like more of a werewolf. Yeah. Kind of human wolf character. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, know much about her character in the, in the, in the comics, to be fair. Um, okay. so I don't know, uh, Rain. How do you spell that? I'd say R-N-A-R-A-H-N-E. Yeah, R-A-H-N-E. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, so she's a lycanthrope. Uh, yeah. But, and, and you know it's because she, at this point, is 
Game of Thrones famous still already, right? Yes, true. So, yes. so of course we can't make her like when she's attacking Doctor Reyes, she has to be Maisie Williams with scratching yep. the person, not with a dog. some claws and yeah. some red eyes. Yeah, uh, which again is very Hollywood and it sucks, but like I can't really give that a pass because I'm guarantee you that it's mostly studio stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so she turns into a wolf. She's very protective of her friend slash future lover or whatever. Um. Which I, I mean, I, in a different, I would have preferred them to be friends just because it would have given some, the, I, I, it, because it, the love was so poor, like one dimensional, it makes the caring for stuff also feel one dimensional. Well, if it was just like, hey, actually, I've been stuck here for, again, the idea that the clock of the, of the, their relationship started before the movie, right? If it was like, for whatever, like if the boys were kind of pally and, and the only other person was Ileana, who's just standoffish and a bitch to everyone. Then you mm. look at Rain and you're like, she's alone. And she meets yep. Danny and she's like, she seems nice. I'm going to be nice. Oh, she's nice. Oh, I have a friend. And then it's like, yes. I finally have a friend. I feel like I'm not lost and alone in this terrible situation. You can't kill her. I have to protect my friend. That is mm-hmm. like, just saying that sounds like a good premise for a movie, yeah. right? But you don't get any of that, and the, because they're, the love stuff is so rushed, you don't get that sense of, like, that aloneness being solved, and that, like, mm. I, that, where the grounds for that protection comes from, it just, it feels like, well, I'm the love interest, so I have to do it, because mm-hmm. it's done so poorly. Um, cool. Let's go back, back to Dr. Reyes, uh-huh. the, the antagonist of the film who's not, a psychic manifestation. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I thought actually this character was played quite well. Um, like keeps a lot of stuff close to their chest almost all of the time. Um, really, you know, very cold a lot of the time as well, which at first comes across as a little bit odd because the way they try and set things up is to get you to maybe think that this is some kind of um, facility to help people become more um, become safe with yeah. their powers and then go on to you know um, Xavier's mansion and, and the school and stuff um, and you find out through the film that it's not it's actually uh, Essex Corporation and even though they never mention him sort of like the, the stuff that Mr. Sinister does yeah. which Mr. Sinister is fantastic bad guy in X-Men um, and not one that's really been used done well has he wh- was think. he in anything Am I don't I think he's been in anything yeah. I think he's just been alluded to through different beats so there's a little bit I think in Apocalypse um, oh yeah that's the one yeah uh, there's a little bit in Apocalypse which kind of then relates to uh, Laura uh, X23 as well um, and because she comes from does she come from the Essex Corp or does she come from another thing that's related to it anyway they are. There's the weak part of our conversation. Stuff happens in X Men. Yeah. It's sort of related to things. But Mister Sinister is the kind of the the the, the name behind all of this, Nathaniel Essex. Um, yeah. And 
you're you're kind of lent a little bit into that with with Reyes, with her being this kind of like this cold character who is ultimately there to get them to either manifest their powers in a way that they can then control them to become like assassins. Yeah. Uh, or as she does with Danny when they realize that she's struggling to control her powers, even though the other ones have been there for like weeks and weeks and weeks or months and months or however long they've been there. And then they're, they're just like, nah, she's only been here a couple of days. She's, she can't do it. She's causing too much trouble. Just off her. Um, and Reyes, you know, goes ahead with kind of doing that. Um, but again, not really in any way sort of like, uh, like a big bad. She's more of a character to just sort of drive the narrative along, really, and kind of be there to hit different scenes and kind of introduce different scenes. You know, sits there and the idea that they, they talk in a, in a group circle and that sort of thing. So obviously she heads that up. She's the one that kind of comes into a scene, knows what the other characters have been doing because she's got them all on cameras and things. She kind of ties the through thread sort of together. Um, but another character which isn't developed enough, just like, here's this, here's this doctor. Oh yeah, she's a bad guy. She watches you all do some stuff. That's kind of it again. Yeah. And it sucks because like, so, in the beginning, you you buy that she's like it seems extreme to lock them down, but you you kind of do buy that maybe this is like and they do the bait and switch with my bet my superiors institute mm. that's after this. You I mean you, if you know anything about the X Men, you know that's not the, gonna be the X Men because they just take people in and do that. Yep, hand holding there. But like I liked that it gave that tension, and you're like, oh, who who is the mysterious supervisor? And and like she seems to genuinely care about them, and it doesn't seem to all be an act. And then when it's like, now you got to kill Danny again. I feel like it's because they just had to rush it, or they didn't have good long long enough take, or the editing needed to be crisp because. You see this look on the actress's face, which is like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. Mm, yeah. And then it immediately cuts to an SFX scene where it's like, please enter your code. And then she's like, all right, got to enter my code. And like, yeah, message. It's like a read re- receipt with a 17 digit code. And you're like, none of the other. It just seems really dumb. And it's very hack hacky because it's like. This magic computer, which analyzes everything through cameras, mutant power, psychic power, everything, just the same cameras, just can do all this analysis. But sometimes you need to do blood samples. Um, it's like this very, like, omnipotent feeling computer. Mm. Um, there's cameras everywhere, et cetera. She gets loads of messages throughout the film from, from them. But now, because it's a, a big deal that she, has to kill Danny. It's like you have to. You have to tell me you got the message. It's like that doesn't yep. make sense. That's just hack writing. And it, and it, and like you linger on her face, and then cut away, and then have her say, "I need to do more examinations." That tells you that she had to make that decision. But she, or don't linger on her face, and she just clicks OK, leaves the screen, yeah. and then gets back to work. Like either she. Is fine with it because she, you know, believes in Mister Sinister, and you just show that by her moving on after the message. Or you think she's struggling, then you show her struggle, but you don't need the her to type in a seventeen-digit code to be like, "I care, I got the message, I'll do the thing." Like it's just, (laughs) I don't know. And then she's 
it sucks because she's the main antagonist. And when she's killing Danny with lethal injection or whatever, um, you know, we get Rain who's mastered the vents, which somehow hasn't been tracked. Again, Magic Computer didn't do it. Hmm. Uh, and she just fucking just mauls Dr. Reyes, who seems half dead. And then we see that she's dragging herself all around the hospital and turns out the examination room just happens to have an intercom. Yeah. Such that when she's like, hey guys, I won't punish you if you go back to your room. Uh, uh, and they're like, huh, I wonder where she is. And then they like camera pans to the left and she's just hiding behind a curtain and you're like, fuck <laughs> you, film. Yep. Yep. I was so annoyed at that. I at least put her back in the office. Like it just, but then they'd have to be able to get through the door. So they're just like, yeah. she went to the nearest intercom, which was the examination room or something. I don't know. It just, it, again, it just was like, okay, just so they could see her struggle. And then suddenly she's got the wherewithal to stand up and use her power and bubble them all. Yeah. Uh, and again, there's this moment where she's clear. They want her to be struggling. So they show Sam, Sam's broken arm is out. Part of it is out of the bubble he's in because they've all been put in a bubble and she's clearly depriving them of oxygen in it. But Sam's out. So mm-hmm. you think, oh, he could escape and cause like fight her. But instead that comes to nothing and they all are basically almost passed out. And then the bear bre- breaches the perimeter and immediately hones in on the hospital wing and just eats yep. her. Mm-hmm. Just om nom nom. Bye, antagonist. <laughs> yep, see ya. Um, and I, again, I think this is part of the, like, the issue that the, the film was kind of billed almost as this, like, horror sort of story. And that never really amounts to very much. And I think they could have used Reyes much more to, to do that. You know, if she was kind of, it's not only the, the this element of fear, but if she was in the background doing other things as well, like that she was the main antagonist rather than just narrative device. Uh, yeah, like if she was have... scaring Danny in ways to purposely test her power. Exactly, yes. And yes. that was causing and, all the bad things. Yeah, and, it, and her power isn't just to here's a bubble so you can't leave. Her power could be something, could have been something else to have, you know, elicited that from Danny and to, to, to make her more scared rather than just she's in a room and she's getting a bit scared. So the kids are kind I of. I actually don't mind you know, that the power isn't the fulcrum there, but like her actions mm-hmm. weren't magic. Yeah. Like they were, they were just like, okay. And now I have to kill you. Like my mom killed the bad pets. <laughs> yeah. Weird. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And again, it's, you, you got a sense of what could have been because like this, that's exactly it. If this is a horror movie, then you have to have suspense, but this is mm. just a pile of jump scares and CGI puppets yep. chasing people yep. in a very well lit hallway for the most of the time. Mm. And you're like, I, I don't care. And then you have that moment where like, uh, Sunspot's crispy girlfriend. Is it appears in the pool mm-hmm. and like touches his back and he thinks it's, it's Ileana and it's like she leaves the ash marks with her hand as she like slides it down his, his back. That's like, oh, horror Yeah. But then yeah. he turns and he's just scared and he just sets her on fire and she's on fire and he blows her up. It's like, and then he, and then it's just like, 
the worst part of superhero films where it's just like, and then power overload, like, and then we'll just do power mm. for a bit and that'll solve the scene. And yep. you can't, you can't do that. It doesn't do work well in action scenes and it definitely doesn't work at all in horror scenes. Mm. So the bear becomes just a big bad demon. It doesn't have yep. to be like none. Yeah, so let's move on. So, so yeah, if you couldn't guess, guess, Danny's power is psychic and she manifests fears. We don't know from this movie whether it's always fears or that's just how it, it's developed. Uh, the movie opens with her t- saying how her, you know, she was, she was told as a child that inside us there are two bears, one that's all the hope and one that's all the fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, basically her dad said, told her this story that like you have these two bears and the ones the one you feed the most with those emotions is the one that will win and it will become who you are basically uh and that's neat and there's a like she was afraid of the dark she says a story and that's why she has this like bear on her neck uh to symbolize how small the bear is the the bad bear but obviously the bad bears what killed her family in her reservation and is about to kill everyone uh and so she She's the she is the narrative through line of the film. She's the one who starts the ball rolling when she gets there. Makes has her relationships. Uh, she's clearly afraid, but again, her day to day isn't. I'm afraid. I don't want to be locked in here. My powers are manifesting, but they want the movie wants the powers to be related, related to her stress level. She's yeah. being killed by Doctor Reyes. The bear shows up, but it's mostly just when she falls asleep. I get it, yes. and because. I think it's the tension between horror and John Hughes here that just was never resolved because because they want when the kids are just together, which is most of the film, even though they're never supposed to really be alone. There's always there's like seven different re- ways that they avoid being caught or whatever. They drug Doctor Reyes. They go to the secret room. They go to the watchtower. They weren't supposed to do that and all these things. And it's like and then like three scenes in the shower or whatever. It's like, uh, but she. Um, She's so pally and like, yeah, she doesn't like that Ileana's a bitch to her, but she stands up to her. And at no point do you get the mm. sense that she's afraid or stressed. Yes. But the whole movie pivots on the idea that she's afraid and stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so everyone fights the bear. The bear's basically unstoppable, but we get to see everyone take their turns being, showing off their powers making peace with their powers is i think what the narrative wants you to believe but really it's just yes. i'm about to die maybe i can stop this bear if i use my sun power yep smash uh, into it as fast as i can yeah and then reigns over unconscious danny who's unconscious for the entire fight because why have her struggle on screen when when we can just have everyone <laughs> bounce around and then have her yep literally on a stage with snow falling being like I'm all alone. Oh, I can hear you, Rain. And Rain's like, you gotta wake up. You gotta do this. And then Deus Ex Patra Paternica, uh, her dad comes up and says, you gotta do this by yourself, which I get. It's a nice symbol, right? Her dad's the one who told her the story about the bears. The bear is clearly, like, it's barely it's rooted in it. And she's like, I, I have to stop running away from the bear. But because she's never really been running away from the bear, Except in the very first scene. Mm. Um, you don't get any sense of like, again, it's just an unearned change of heart. She's like, now yeah. I must be strong for these people I barely know and this girl I kissed. 
Yeah, because I, I would assume that had uh, you know, with the with the the whole idea of the fear that she would have woken up at some point, the bear would have gone, but it would have killed everyone else. You know, maybe maybe not her was the idea that it was there to consume her. Actually, yeah, it's, it's that said it said she that she would have died. That there was a Sam line where it's like it's it's coming after us. He's like, no, it's coming after her, or maybe it was Rain. One of them was like, no, no, it's zeroing in on her, which makes sense because if you. All the manifested fears were after each person. Yes. Primarily. Yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, it's also, uh, I know we're low on time, but it also re- made me realize we never even saw Dr. Reyes's fear, which would have been great. That's true. That would have yeah. been such a cool development. Cause it probably would have been Mr. Sinister. Oh, or mate, like, that would have been very, very cool. Just one, one scene with him just like, or just a silhouette. Yeah, yeah. Just a silhouette coming towards her in her room or something like yeah. that. Would have just topped that off, absolutely. After yeah. you know that it's, you know, you know that it's the Essex Corporation and stuff, so it eludes that first, then it just it also, gives you the briefest glimpse. It also would help because they did try and play her as someone who was kind of empathetic, but ultimately yep. evil. And that would be like, oh yes, she's afraid of Mr. Sinister. Yeah. And that's one big, of the motivators. shoulder pads. Yeah. Top, you know, just fucking solidly stopped hair. Yeah. But yeah, Brilliant. so I mean, again, better movie. Um, so, so yeah, so, and I think that's the main problem. Like when you think about it, the movie opens with her running from the bear. Her father yep. says we got to run, but she's then runs again. Mm-hmm. And then in, when the bear shows up, she's unconscious until she just wakes up and says, no, stop. Yeah. And you're like, and so it's like there is a narrative through line that just isn't there, which would be, it would be so great where if instead of, you need to wake up to stop this. And then she wakes up and magically knows how to stop it. If, if instead it was, it's after us, she's awake. She's so afraid because it's literally the manifestation of her fears. She bolts and everyone's like, you can't run. And they have to like, instead they're like, they're trailing her running away throughout the complex, each yeah. taking their turn to try and slow it down so that the rest of them can try and convince her to, face her fear mm. that would be a movie <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely uh and again i just feel like i mean yeah it's just the unearnedness of the thing just yeah. grinds my gears i guess the whole and it's the whole thing as well as we have we've been saying the, the whole way through this it's the, there's there's just an unearned element to almost everything in this film um and yeah, as we say, inconsistent but consistent in that one regard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any final thoughts? Um, I uh, what so final thoughts would have been that there's, there's absolutely lots of ways they could have done this much better. Um, interesting characters not explored very well. Um, but it's a shame that we don't kind of and I mm, I say. We're not going to see these characters again. We we might, dependent on what Disney do with X-Men, but I don't think we will. Um, and this could have been a very, you know, a, a whilst being a, a kind of a one-off film, I think it was interesting that they wanted to do something different with it. You know, they very much, I think, looked at, say, the Marvel way of doing things, where at least with the first couple of phases of Marvel films, they said... 
here's this character and we're going to do this type of film rather than it just being an action film. Here's this type of character, we're going to do this type of film. Um, so they're kind of looking to, to, to expand on the X-Men universe in a way that uh, they wanted to do something different. Obviously, Logan did something very different. It wasn't just an action film. Um, I mean, they won, again, they won an Academy Award. Yes. Best adapted screenplay. Um, and I think this, again, showed that kind of creativity in terms of wanting to pull away from just standard action X-Men stuff to do something else, just didn't do it very well. Yeah, I mean, I think the... I mean, the big question here is Disney, right? Because this was mm. this was Fox 20th Century Studios now, I think yes. that's what they call themselves. Because yeah. uh, get rid of Fox name. Thanks, Disney. Um that was them trying to feel out the franchise in new ways, uh, and they were doing it with reasonable success. They just didn't know how to make the tentpole stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, but, like, Logan was amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. New Mutants could have been. I see what they were trying to do, and, like, yeah, swings and misses. And uh, But now, who knows? I mean, it seems like with the announcement that just happened last week that uh, they're making a new Fantastic Four film. Mm-hmm. That they're taking a break from mutants, which I think is yep. good because like Dark Phoenix didn't do well. This was obviously mm. a let's get this out. Um, you've got a lot to deal. Like everything is in house now, but like now that the Fantastic Four are back and they've never done a good job, but they've also always been not a good job in small ways that, like, a reboot of that done well will is much better than this, like, 10-movie-plus behemoth that is the X-Men that has a yeah. lot of baggage attached to it, yeah. plus a lot of, like, two different casts that people are attached to. Mm. Like, the fact that it's been rebooted twice with long sets of films versus Fantastic Four, which, except for the 80s TV movie, had two films and then a film no one remembers who was in all of them. Jessica Alba? Yeah. Chris Evans, Captain America. Oh, yeah. He was in it. I he actually was, forgot that. Um, That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah. And then the uh, the new ones, less so. But, like, it's fine. And it, it also, I think, because they like doing the interconnected stuff, it, like, Fantastic Four have moved a lot in the Spider-Man world as well. So that'll be interesting. They do space stuff, so that's a good, better tie-in. Because unless you're doing the like Shi'ar Empire X-Men stuff, which is real deep cut for, yep, absolutely, uh, you're not doing space, and yep. you're definitely I mean, unless you're doing like because that's also where Dark Phoenix sort of comes from. And boy, are we not ready for that again? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so I'd like to see more of these smaller things. I just don't think Disney will, which is unfortunate. Mm. Uh, so as much as I didn't like this movie, I like, I liked the idea of what they were trying to do, but also mm-hmm. we got a lot more, like, especially with, like, uh, the boys and others, other things doing with non previously huge, uh, superhero properties. We're getting the superheroes from a different angle in other places. Yes. And so, yes. Yeah, it'd be nice if Marvel, Disney took a chance and did some of this stuff, but also if they're not, ready to put their money where their mouth is, then I'd rather they didn't try and we can just let other people do it. Absolutely. And they, they, they seem to have announced a hell of a lot of Marvel stuff in terms of TV shows and things like that as well. So they've got a lot on their plate at the moment, and I can see why they would drop X-Men and, and the yeah. idea of mutants for a while, definitely. Also, when you say that, like this might have been a good one-season show. Absolutely, yes. Even if have. it was it all still have. in this 
shitty institute, right? You yeah, would... it would allow for much more character development. You could you could concentrate on not necessarily sort of one character or an episode, but even if it was something like an eight episode, forty minute run kind of series, uh, it would have just allowed for much more character development, depth, better relationships, and just exploration of the of, of the characters, the setting, the background, the the whole idea of why they're there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's been us, I think, this week. Uh, swing and a miss. Yeah. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was the New Mutants, uh, 2018 slash 2020. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's it, uh, for us this week. Um, you can catch us on uh, outoflives.net where we have articles, uh, videos, podcasts, much like this one going all across the geekosphere and by that I mean it's several of us and we talk about movies, games, beer um, TV uh, we're here every week uh, at noon on twitch.tv slash outoflivesnetwork uh, if you want to watch the episode live uh, or on your podcaster of choice, please rate, review, follow, subscribe, all that stuff on the platforms of choice uh, and also Tuesdays at noon, I, uh, do first look Tuesdays where I take a look at, um, new games, play them for an hour or two. Uh, and at eight, oh, we film tanked up the podcast all about craft mm-hmm. beer and video games, which is myself and Ben, as well as the lovely Lucy. Um, and then on Wednesdays, Ben takes a crack at playing a game in his lunch hour as a break and you get to watch yeah. along with him. Uh, Fridays at 10. 10.30ish. 10.30. Uh, Radari yeah. does the Insomnia streams, which is gaming for a few hours on a Friday night. Uh, he, he likes them narrative games, which is nice. Did, did a full mm. run of Little Hope, I think, and is doing yes. Twin Mirror currently. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, that's us for another week. Bye. Ciao. Whoop. Beep, whoop. <laughs> www.outoflives.net